Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, welcome to the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm Rich Fay, the new host of the United podcast. What an honour it is. And what an honour it is to be joined here by Alex Porter. And by Kieran Kelly. Hello, good afternoon. Hello, good afternoon <laughs> to you. Good to be here. Hello, you are. Kieran, you were at Old Trafford yesterday covering the United versus Chelsea game. A good win for Mourinho's men, a win over another top four contender. Um, was that United's best performance of the season? Yeah, it's certainly up there. I think um, what's heartening is when you think of probably some of the best displays the Arsenal game and, and that game. So, two you know, huge games, and they, they delivered eventually. Um, it was obviously a shaky start, but they, they weathered it, uh, they regrouped, and I think one man kind of dragged them over the line, that was Romelu Lukaku, um, you know, whatever about um, the plot that certain players got, he was just head and shoulders above everyone else on the pitch, and it's really heartening to see, because um, going into it and going into all the big games this season, there's been that flat track bully tag, Um little bit unfair when you think he had scored 21 <laughs> goals uh, before yesterday and that's pretty good going um, in February of his first season at, at um, arguably the biggest club of his career so far so um, I think he was brilliant um, and a lot of players you know um, didn't let themselves down you know McTominay when he had that mistake for the goal um, he really came back into it and um, grew and you know Every time we, we look at him and we're like, well, what does he do? What's really like about him? But he's there. He's got presence. He's He's got heart. And the fans really like appreciate that there. You could see, you know, when he was getting involved, when he was getting into tackles, they were roaring him on. And there was a lot of positives to take. Um, and I think as far as it being their best performance this season, I think you would like to think um, it could be the basis now for the final three months of the season where... Um, when they have Liverpool, Sevilla, uh, of course Manchester City, if yet, yeah, that could be interesting. Um, that they can take that into those games now, because obviously the record against the the top six have come under the microscope, and it's changing a bit now. Mourinho's not settling for these boring draws. He he really went for it um, against Arsenal. He went went for it um, against Chelsea, throwing on Lingard, changing the game, um, and you just hope that can continue. Yeah, it's interesting you said about McTominay and the the midfield three yesterday, Alex. Um, on paper, some people say Matic, Pogba and McTominay, maybe not the, the team to beat Chelsea, but all three of them played well together. Um, that was actually the three I picked to start, so I would disagree with you there. Um, but no, I think they did play well together, and I thought particularly second half, McTominay yeah. and Matic were very good, um, and did leave Pogba a bit more freedom to come into the attack, and I thought he grew into the game, still room for improvement from him, but... I thought it did work and it's it's interesting that McTominay is really coming starting to justify his selection now I thought he was was, was among United's best players at Sevilla as well and I thought he deserved extra credit for that because it was could have been difficult for him you know all the chat was about the fact that Pogba was benched for him and he shut all that off and was one of United's best players admittedly not a high bar but still uh, you know that's that's good for him and um, possibly uh, a bit worrying for Ander Herrera he's on the uh, (laughs) sidelines the next few weeks when Matic, McTominay, Pogba 
certainly at the moment, looks United's strongest three for the big games. And there's a few of those coming up now. And Herrera's sat on the sidelines for an unspecified, unspecified amount of time, kind of watching it. So um, that's interesting, especially because his, um, his contract... They've triggered the one-year extension, so yeah. he's 2019. Don't think he's, there's any danger being sold or anything, but his, his status is a little bit uncertain at the minute. He's not been in great form this season, and McTominay's kind of now rising up, so that's one to watch, perhaps. Yeah, I think it's interesting, just in comparison, just McTominay, as a player, like you said, it's been such a pivotal week. No matter what he achieves in his career, this week will always stand out for him. He's played in Sevilla in the Champions League. He's dominated, really, a midfield battle against Chelsea at home. It's been perfect for him, but... Just how good is Scott McTominay? I know he's been spoken highly of yeah. by uh, Jason Mourinho. Mourinho said the headline shouldn't be Pogba's dropped, it should be McTominay's playing. Yeah. But just how high should United fans have their, their hopes for this young prospect? Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's interesting when you look at maybe there have been naturally more talented players to have been at the academy over the years. You know, your Ravels, even your Andres Pereira's. <laughs> Um, who, when you immediately saw them play, they, you'd be off the edge of your seat. Whereas McTominay, let's not forget, was playing as a makeshift forward for the reserves a year ago. So that journey is remarkable to to go from playing against you know Derby County on a Thursday <laughs> night or a Monday night to you know playing in front of the eyes of the world and starting a game and playing a full ninety minutes. You know, the past three games he's played a full yeah. ninety minutes in each of them. So I think um, he's certainly going to start to get a bit more respect I think now I think gradually people are seeing what he does um, and it's not beating three players it's not um, you know putting a, a through ball over the top like Pogba does but he's got a role there and there's the players are all saying the same thing about him as well as the manager you know and um, Smalling Matic after the game both spoke so highly of him and you know that he's not afraid to ask questions that he's um, you know, got such great composure for his years, and you know he's got 17 first-team appearances under his belt now between this season and last. That's more than Pereira ever managed yeah. at United. It's absolutely remarkable. Um, so I think he's a big role to play towards the end of the season. Um, it's certainly going the pre-season tour, and you're kind of thinking, well, it's really in his hands now. If he can continue to push on and develop, Mourinho already loves him. It, it's it, it's in his hands. You know, who knows what could happen. I think um, the the social media age as well. Like, I think with someone like McTominay, and it's it's seen often with players who come through the academy. Actually, you get some who are their detractors forever because yeah. they're not a big name who's been brought in. And equally, you'll get some who perhaps maybe overstate their contribution because they've come through the mm. academy. And realistically, probably the truth lies in the middle. And McTominay certainly is improving for me, and he's growing into his role. And I think there are certain players when they come out of the academy that rise to the occasion when they're promoted the first year and McTominay certainly looks like one of those if for the last week's anything to go by but obviously he's still kind of new to this and so it's still a little bit odd to see him now in a tug of war between England and Scotland <laughs> you know um, it's, it's it's a bit odd so it, it's just it's the age we live in but you know it's always nice to see an academy lad do well and um, hopefully he can continue it yeah and one player who did prove himself really on the weekend as we touched on earlier Romelu Lukaku it wasn't just the, the goal and the assist it was his style of play the well, you linked to it in a in an article you wrote. He's the, the Didier Drogba for United, Kieran. <laughs> but it was the way in which he claims It's the way he brought other players into the game, yeah. the big moments, and it was his willingness to contribute to the attack in every aspect. And I guess, when, like we said earlier, um, when they met at Stamford Bridge, it was Morata who was the, yes. the game winner then for Chelsea. It was Lukaku who won it for United. 
on Sunday. Did United get the better end of the deal? Yeah, that's a good question. I think at the moment you would say, yeah. Um, you know, you think uh, Barata scored 12 goals this season and he's had injury and form issues. Lukaku, you know, they, they played him until his legs have fallen <laughs> off at times and he still managed 22 goals. And he's had his dips and, you know, the the age-old argument of delivering against a big club. I think I'd like to think that's going to go away now mm. in the coming weeks when he plays in these games and I'm sure he'll score in them again. Um, and I think, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because, um, as everyone knows, it seemed that Lukaku, as early as you know, April was destined to go back to Chelsea. Little did anyone know that Mourinho was in near daily contact with him, you know, badgering him. Um, and at the same time, he was also in contact with Morata. So Mourinho very much um, would have been happy with either of them. But I think Lukaku, there was just unfinished business there. And there's a reason why he's defended him to the hill this season. You know, when people were rejoicing when he's going through that purple patch at the start of the season, he said, well, I know there'll come a time when the critics are going to have their knives out when he goes, you know, eight, nine games without a goal, which is what happened. Um, he's... He, He's the only player who's called an untouchable in public. There's just a good bond there. Um, and I think with Lukaku as well, as, as we touched on, it wasn't just the goals. Um, a couple of things stood out to me, obviously. Um, at the end, there was a moment where Chelsea were just piling forward and he took the ball and he dribbled and it bought United about 40 yeah. seconds. And you could just see someone like Chris Mullen just... Thank the heavens. Uh, there wasn't I thought that was actually worth a good applause. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. It was things like that, and his hold of play, um, things like defending at set piece. I think he's gotten better. He's not as much as a nuisance to yeah. his own teammates anymore. <laughs> um, and you, you just have to remember, he's twenty four, and I think United what appealed to him, appealed to them about him was that feasibly in two three years he's got all that Premier League experience. Now he's got Champions League experience. He's only going to get better. That's a fact. Um, so that's really exciting if you're a United fan um, and I think at the moment you would say compared to Morata he's, he's had a more seamless transition into obviously playing at that level I think um, it's often ignored when the thing you touched on the 8 or 9 games he went without a goal often the service to him during yeah, those games was absolutely terrible <laughs> and if you look at Sunday again um, the, the service to him in the first half was not great no. the first half was largely kind of bad, let's be honest, and kind yeah. of went into the break uh, level and Lukaku had helped drag them kind of yeah. out of that yeah. and then his, unlike Kieran touched on, the other aspects of his play have been consistently getting better during that time, the hold up play, the kind of bringing others in, it's all improving and I think the other thing that's starting is that he is starting to lead a bit more from the front, I think, yeah. if you look at the Huddersfield game, for me, he was the difference between the sides, mm. yeah. like if Lukaku yeah. played Huddersfield, you know, you know, the result might have been yeah. very different. Yeah, 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 it's unlikely, but you know, there we go. Um, you know, I thought he was—he was the difference in yeah. this team. So again, he's kind of—I think he fe- it feels like he's stepping up a bit more now, and all aspects of the game have improved. And hopefully, the service to him will uh, start improving as well. In which case, you know, if he had a—if he had could clone himself <laughs> and cross, he could cross in the ball to him. Yeah. Yeah. Like imagine the headers he'd be getting yeah. in like, every game. Like so, um, hopefully that'll improve. Yeah, it's interesting. So I think. Um, Marshall and Lukaku have set up three goals for each other this season. That's United's best sort of assist to got conversion sort of ratio. They're both helping each other out. But like you said, throughout the team, there's not always that same 
quality, shall we say, in the final third that's found with Kaku. And you can often say that strikers are only going to ever be really as good as the, the surface is. But one moment that was brilliant was that cross for Jesse Lingard. He came off the bench, he won it again for United, Jesse Lingard. Jay Lings, Messi Lingard, <laughs> call him what you want. He's the clutch player for United this season. But is he better as a substitute or should he be starting games? Um, I think he's done very well for United when starting as well. And um, perhaps, I mean, hindsight's wonderful, isn't it? Like when you saw the team, you thought, yeah, excellent. Lots of really kind of recreative pace, like lots in that final yeah. third. And you thought that was great. But when Lingard came on, he made a real difference. And his energy, his running, the way he finds space for himself is is just really yeah. impressive I think I think when he scored actually when Lukaku kind of crossed in he thought hang on how's he, how's he found <laughs> a little bit of space and that's what he does really yeah. well so I think he's just it's, he can affect a game from a start or from the bench and that's always a great thing for Mourinho to have and in Mourinho's defence for not starting him he's not been in great form over the last few no. games so I think it was understandable that Mourinho went with the four, the four three that most fans have been crying out for um, let's be fair and then um, when Lingard came on he, he does what Lingard does <laughs> um, so yeah it was it was good to see yeah, and the celebration to match as well from Jesse Lingard another one for the repertoire from him um, now though a good win for United <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> eight days off is that a help or a hindrance after such an emphatic win like that against yesterday because they really nullified Chelsea yeah. it was a, a fantastic statement from Jose Mourinho's side from Chelsea's point of view they'll want to go again and get out of their system but if you've just won a game like that, do you want to go again? Or, you, or will the eight-day rest, like you said, Lukaku's been playing every week yeah. and he could do with a rest, and same with Matic. Is that a positive for United? I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, obviously, you've had two really heavy games in the space of five days, so going away to Sevilla, the way they were set up and containing and um, Chelsea, that was obviously a slog as well at times. You know, A lot of good individual battles there. Um, and I think... Probably the, since the, they went away to Dubai, this is the first time they maybe had five days yeah. where they can just uh, chill out and also to, to work and train and on kind of scenarios and situations because every three days they've been interrupted with games and um, I don't think you can um, underestimate that, that having time to work on the training field, that's why Mourinho's at his happiest could pay dividends, you know, they can start to work on those combinations that we're, we're seeing, you know, little glimpses of with Sanchez obviously coming in. So um, I think personally it's not a bad thing. I don't think uh, it'll do them any harm to have five, six days off. Um, and off, you know, <laughs> the very loosest yeah. sense, they're still going to be working hard. But well, they've got three days off, yeah. haven't they? Um, and so a few of them headed off to various places, lived a lot. It's already tourists in Paris, the rarers in Barcelona, and uh, it's probably surprised no one that Mrs. Darmian is back in Italy. Um, so they've got that three days with their family, yeah. and then as Kieran said, then you've got, even with three days, you've still got a lot of time on the training ground ahead of what will be a different sort of game at Palace, you think? Yeah, 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 because um, obviously you had the smash and grab at Palace last season, yeah, they don't want to come close to that again. No. Like to, and as well as that, you think of the as much as I've struggled sometimes against the top six teams like Newcastle and Huddersfield who really get in your mm. faces they're the ones who cause some real problems so I think that Palace game will almost be as good a test as um, facing Chelsea at home you know it's really going to push them I'm sure again and we saw on the weekend as well just how close Palace held Spurs as well it took a late goal from Harry Kane yeah. to drag them over the line so it's not necessarily going to be too easy for United away at Salas Park it's going to be a difficult affair especially Roy Hodgson's really 
lifted the spirits down there. The same sort of attacking intent from United when they go to face Palace. Would you go with a similar sort of lineup? Um, yeah, I think so. I think uh, I was actually looking at the fixtures that are coming yeah. up, and Palace away arguably might be the least important mm. coming up. Because although Brighton at home looks like respite, that's the FA Cup, which is United's best chance of silverware. Yeah. So there's a lot of got to play the strongest eleven games coming up. I think with Sevilla being a midweek game as well, there's a lot. There's a lot coming up. So I'd like to see Bay start at mm. Palace. I think you know he's been out since November, and if you're going to start him against uh, Liverpool, which he is United's best defender, I think you pretty much have to. You need to get some minutes in that, in that boy's legs, don't you? Mm. Um, so there's you know perhaps a few changes to be made, but with one eye on the fixtures coming up but as, as Kieran said like, you do not want it to kind of <laughs> get a smashing grab kind of territory and Palace are scrapping for their own yeah. points as well the only uh, thing of course is that I think uh, Fossi Mensa has been pretty good for them and he obviously can't play so that's a positive <laughs> yeah. already <laughs> yes excellent ahead of the game. But yeah, yeah. You, you spoke that going forward as well um, there will be one eye going forward on that severe game at home in the Champions League United sort of proved it yesterday. They've got that big game winning mentality when they need it to, to beat Chelsea in the way they did. When they host Sevilla, it's going to be nervy. The away goals are going to be coming into account. We saw over the weekend, Sevilla got beaten at home 5-2 by Atletico Madrid. Does that maybe just... Well, obviously it does, but was, was, was Mourinho... Is it that obvious to me as it is to you that yeah. Mourinho's approach against Sevilla wasn't... The right one? Yeah, I think in a week where you saw so many statements be made, uh, the way Tottenham went to Juventus, um, the way Real Madrid just took PSG yeah. on, there were so many like really impressive performances because up until that point, they hadn't really been a leading contender in the Champions League. You know, there have been lots of teams doing well, but um, these are the times now where you start to say, right, this is why we're in the last 16, <laughs> this is why we're a challenger. And United. That kind of performance, maybe seven, eight years ago, you would have think that's a normal English team going away. Yeah. Whereas now, as much as the top six battles have changed now, where teams are going for the win, I think that's what's happening in the Champions League now. Um, and Sevilla, you know, it's a tough place to go. They're obviously a decent team, but you would have thought United could have played a bit better, could have been a bit more ambitious. Um, if you had some of those moves and moments that they had against Chelsea there, it would have really done well. Um, so it makes it a bit tricky because um, you think of that Celta Vigo game last season where <laughs> how nervy that was and United had a one-goal advantage from memory for that. So I don't think that's going to be easy and I think you know the emphasis is very much going to be get an early goal and you know go from there and hope that takes the wind out of Sevilla a bit. But yeah, the it's just a very different scenario to some of the other English teams because uh, United are going to have to you know, go there with no goals either way and, and turn it around. Uh, so. Yeah, I think you're right. I, mean, I hate to bring it up. Um, <laughs> I really genuinely, genuinely do. Um, but if you look at the Liverpool result, for example, yeah. in the Champions League, yeah. their second leg, I think, is a few days before they come to Old Trafford. Yeah. And Liverpool are now in a position where they can rest players. Mm-hmm. United certainly not in that position mm-hmm. um, for the severe game. And I think Mourinho's approach was wrong against Sevilla. I think he massively overestimated them and perhaps underestimated how bad the result might even, a nil-nil might look, or, yeah. even a, or even a snatched one-nil would look in the context of everything else that happened. Yeah. Um, but also, I think the players didn't perform either. It's not it's not all Mourinho. No, exactly. But they have left them in, themselves in a situation where they look not 
as in control as that everybody else in their in their ties. They were severe were one of the uh, in inverted commas easier draws, and they've not left themselves looking like that at all. Mm. Um, so you'd still back United to win at home, I think. Yeah. Certainly, if they don't um, overestimate severe and play in the same way as they did um, in Spain, I think you'd back them to win. But it does mean again they've got to go strong, haven't they? In a period where there's a lot of games yeah. coming up, where you think got to go strong would have been nice to have a bit more breathing room I think and the old Trafford crowd may get a little bit antsy if it's still nil-nil after 55 minutes yeah yeah. So. I think it's important like you said they maybe don't have the same cushion that the other English sides have but while we've been saying that of course the approach wasn't the one that we necessarily wanted do you think the United are still being maybe unfairly treated in comparison to the other English sides because City have been so good in the Premier League. I mean, United are still second in the Premier League. Mm. They're into the last stage of the Champions League and the FA Cup. It's still been a very good season from where they've come over the past few years. But is Jose Mourinho getting unfairly criticised? Um, I mean, he didn't help himself <laughs> at times. No, I think... Yeah, I think... But on paper, and, and I know that's a... Yeah, a cliche I, I to think say. for me personally, that, that's still too big a gap, I think. As great as City have been, I think there have been some unforgivable mistakes United made throughout. You'd like to think they're going to learn from them. As I touched on earlier, the Newcastle and Huddersfield defeats, the way they paid away to Tottenham. Um, when they've lost, they've lost. You know, it's not been, oh, geez, that was a brave defeat. Yeah. It's been, yeah, get me home. Back to the drawing board, rush out, don't stop for interviews. Um, so I think that's <laughs> Mick Sane's going to thank us to ask the the season every, every game um, <laughs> so I think for me um, that's been something that they really need to improve next season I think yeah you know as, as you say if they the path is clear in the cup if they get past Brighton um, which I don't think will be easy by the way um, it's there for them you know mm-hmm. only you know, their major rival Chelsea in it and they're having a great season um, the Champions League I think who knows you could, you, could, you could get to the semis for all yeah. you know and the league it's, it's they're in the dragon seat for a second even though Liverpool are very much in form it's United's to lose it's in their hands yeah. they match Liverpool's results between now and the season they'll finish second so I think on paper that's obviously a very good season compared to finishing six last season and around the upper league uh, those crazy trips to Zoya and all these places uh, they've come a long way but um I don't think it's just necessarily spending another 140 million would bridge the gap. There, there are issues there that you'd like to think they're going to learn from now going into the summer. I think, yeah, can't disagree what Kieran mm-hmm. said at all. I think um, on paper it looks pretty good, and it's when you kind of watch the matches that you think, okay, it's not quite as good yeah. as it seems on paper. I think because yeah, they they are second. Yeah. The other teams are starting to catch them a little bit. That's <laughs> fallen off a little bit, um, but the, the issues. I think what you can criticise Mourinho for potentially and again the players come into this as well but too often they don't look like a team and so you know yeah. you've, you've, Sanchez has been brought in is still not kind of getting the best out of the forwards Pogba not quite getting the best out of Pogba and I think these are legitimate criticisms for him now because um, he's had a while to work with Pogba he's had a while to work with the majority of this team and it still doesn't really look like a, a coherent unit um, which may be a problem and certainly looks a problem going forward and again if you bring in a load of money it still doesn't solve that particular problem having said that I think um, fullback is clearly an issue and there are issues that need to be addressed in the summer but they come in terms of personnel and in, and in system so it'll be interesting to see uh, how that works 
just while we're on the subject of fullbacks, <laughs> because it's my little record that I'm going to break again, but um, Luke Shaw yeah. sat on the bench yesterday, didn't really understand that. He hasn't no, been in pole form for a one. while. Um, wasn't great yesterday again yeah. either. Um, and you just think, okay, well, Luke Shaw's been quite good in all the <laughs> games he's played recently. Um, but Mourinho is still uh, very much a young fan and he's not a long-term solution yeah. if a short-term one, is he? You have to wonder what Luke Shaw kind of has to do to force his way <laughs> into this United team at the moment. I mean, yeah. again, we were sort of saying maybe towards next Monday when United go to face Palace, Luke Shaw might yeah. be preferred against that sort of attacking threat. They're quite pacey on the counter-attack uh, at Crystal Palace. It could yeah. be a good good chance for Luke Shaw, you'd say, to, to start. Um, on the left-hand side, him and Sanchez as well. I mean, Sanchez's performances are always going to maybe diminish a bit when you've got Ashley Young playing on the left-hand side. You need someone on the overlap all the time, someone to that allow you to cut inside and have that freedom to drift like Sanchez does if he is going to put on the left, of course. I guess the last point is, we said before, Lukaku is the untouchable in the United side, maybe along with David De Gea, because um, we've seen that Jose Mourinho, Mourinho will drop Paul Pogba if he needs to. And Alexis Sanchez hasn't hit the ground running quite as much as United fans may have wanted to. He's, he's been solid, he's been a, a good performer in a, in a team that's had mixed results. How much longer will Jose Mourinho stick with Alexis Sanchez on the left hand side if he's if he's not maybe producing the goals and the assists that the fans yeah. necessarily wanted. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one because uh, again, look at on paper, two man of the match displays, two assists and a goal mm. in his first seven games. Yeah. It's not bad. Um, I don't think you can fault his work rate or um, how he his effort is. He tries things. That's well, why he, looks yeah, good. yeah, he he loses the ball often because he tries. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that that's that's just the. Nature of it. Yeah. Um, for me, I, you know, we, we saw him start on the right yesterday. That's where most of the fans expected him to play when he joined, and it wasn't long till he flipped over to the left again. And I think Mourinho would have uh, very much promised him that you will play on the left if you join us. I think that was nearly, not quite nearly, but as important yeah. to him as his contract or sign on fee or any of this business. Um, but it's both Anthony Marcel's knows on the joint he was red hot for yeah. start 2018 uh, involved in five goals in his first four games this year and since then he hasn't had a goal in assist he has had moments where you, you're thinking oh you know this is he's going to have a great game and then he'll just fizzle out he was taken off yesterday Lingard of course changed the game so the Martial Rashford thing um, is, is almost parked now because you have Sanchez now uh, on the left and um Personally, I would I wouldn't mind seeing him move inside, play him off yeah. Lukaku. That could be interesting. Yeah. Just you know, to see because you could see little things between them, um, the Huddersfield game and indeed the Chelsea game that that partnership they both speak Spanish um, is coming on a bit, yeah. and um, it would allow Martial to play on the left. And if he doesn't deliver, then well, you know, it's his own yeah. fault. But you still get that kind of feeling that you're not getting the most out of him if you're putting him out right, um, where you know. Matt has done so well on the right, but he doesn't play in the big games, and there, there are issues going forward because um, he's vowed not to sign any forwards. He's priority to sign yeah. a centre mid, so they're going to have to find the solution from within. And you'd like to think by uh, May eighteenth, last game of the season, he's going to know right. This is my front line now going forward, and you have the odd time where you can bring someone in, but you know, this is my strongest principally that the balance is perfect and it's fluid because just sticking names in doesn't always work. It's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because United don't have a, a specialist right winger. What that 
you they that should give them is a real fluidity across that yeah. three. Like Sanchez can play left, centre, right. Uh, Lingard, centre, right. Matter the same. Yeah. Rashford has played on the right. Can yeah. play played as number ten in his youth. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of movements. So if you're picking a forward three, you might hope that they start yeah. kind of moving around and kind of that would, and that would give United an extra dimension. So it'd be interesting to see if he tries any more of that because the only genuine right wing is a. Dare I mention his name, Tahith Chong and Karen yeah, Fibbin. Um, so, um, yeah, and I guess there's every chance if Chong continues on this rate that he might go on a pre-season tour, what yeah. with the World Cup, you know, there's a few extra places up for grabs. So um, they're the specialist right-wingers, but in the meantime, you know, perhaps a more movement around in games. And they tried that yesterday with Martial and, and Sanchez, so perhaps we might see a bit more of that going forward. Be nice. yeah, we might see a bit more next Monday when United take on Palace in the Premier League. But that's all we've got time for today. Kieran, thank you very much. Alex, thank you for your services over the years on the Manchester <laughs> News podcast. You were, your last one, your farewell, the no. testimonial if you like it. Wow, <laughs> it's good so many people turned up for my testimonial. Uh, yeah, it's a speech prepared. Oh. I'm sorry to put it on the spot like that, but thank you very much. Um, you can catch all our future episodes on iTunes and on Audio Boom. Stick with us, Manchester United News, for all your latest news and updates on Manchester United. <laughs>